Jump, Stephen's favorite. Uh, anything by Patty is my favorite. Welcome back to the Husker Rewind. I'm Mike Melby. That is Tom Stevens. That's and, me. And, uh, by the way, uh, they wanted to, uh, they, they, when they went to Patty when this song was made. We go, we like this song, listen to your heart. But, so you think you're going to take her away with your money and your cocaine. You can't say that. So say champagne instead of cocaine. He said, no. No, she's not going <laughs> to leave him for champagne. I'm not changing the lyrics. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, uh, what it, one of Tracy's favorite band is uh, Evanescence, Amy Lee and Evanescence. Yep. And the story behind them is is kind of crazy. They get signed, and the record company says, oh, and by the way, uh, you need to hire a male vocalist to because this whole rock thing won't work with just a female. And Amy Lee and the band said, um, you signed us as we are. It's either us or nothing. Uh, and they started driving home. The yeah, record deal was yeah. off. They just had ruined their career. And the label called them and said, okay, well, what if you do a male singer on the lead single? And we'll see where it goes from there. And then, of course, Evanescence became. Now, there's so many are. great music stories. Uh, I remember Rod St- Rod Stewart saying his record company hated Maggie Mae. That's just the worst song ever. Don't yep. put it on the album. And then they go, well, we need one more song on the album. I guess we're going to have to put on Maggie Mae. And it becomes his, one of his biggest hits. Uh, you heard the same thing about Kansas, Dust in the Wind, how his, the record company hated that song. The record companies uh, a lot of times are, are wrong. And yeah. when they ask you to not be true to yourself, and to, that's why they call it a sellout. There, there's exactly. something to be in a sellout when you're not being true to yourself. And those those people and musicians that stay true to themselves usually win. Well, Green Day, Boulevard of Broken Dreams. Yeah. They, they were they were actually scared to death to have that be released as a single. Um, so I want to jump on the, the Sutter Heyman text line here real quick and, and respond. We had a couple of people uh, from back in that first segment when we were talking about what's going on, uh, the volleyball match, the concert afterwards. I'm like, hey, come on, let's bring in Metallica. Never happened. But uh, Goo Goo Dolls was an interesting uh, I, I don't know that necessarily the Goo Goo Dolls are as big of a band as you would want for 90,000 people, but uh, it'd be interesting to see them there. We had a program director that fought hard to bring the Goo Goo Dolls to Lincoln one year. Yeah. And I listened to some of their stuff, and I go, they're okay. Uh, but like yeah. a lot of things, Gabe predicted success, and yep. he said, these guys are going to be huge. We're bringing them to Lincoln. Yeah. They're going to be big. Yeah, that was a great call. So Crowbait yeah. with that. And then uh, Bryce uh, doesn't necessarily agree with us on – our thoughts of uh, Dirk Chatland, but well, hey, everybody's got an opinion. That's well, the thing. a lot of people have opinions on Dirk, yeah. and I, he's not ever going to go down as the most well-liked uh, journalist in Nebraska history. That goes to Sipple or you know somebody along Tom those lines. Tom yeah. Chattel, maybe Sam. Uh, those guys get those awards because they do. You know, they're well-liked, but they also aren't as controversial. They're yeah. controversial. They'll still oh, yeah. say things that are controversial, but Dirk always seemed to be saying things. Uh, that made people mad. Yeah. Which um, is what I loved about and it. And that's too bad because so, he was a great writer. Yeah, it still is. And we'll see where uh, where his career goes from here. Uh, Ellis in Illinois, uh, he said, I'm not quite sure how this is possible, but did we see where Nebraska's RPI is after this weekend? Yeah, they are now third in the country in RPI in baseball. They are 3-3-1. Three, three, Isn't one. that incredible? Oh, and, it is. And if they win just two of those games, uh, it's like I keep thinking, and we talked about you know the fact that they don't have a bullpen. They don't have a – a Spencer Schwellenbach. Because any oh. game where Nebraska two years ago when they had a great season, seventh inning or on, 
Not just the lead. When they had a tie, the game yeah, was over. But but Spencer's generational. He's a once every twenty years guy. But I'm I'm telling you, if they figure out the bullpen but, even to half that, because they have better hitting than they had then. Yeah. Uh, oh, if they figure far. that out, it may be better defense then than they do now. So you could make all sorts of arguments. Okay, uh, so but I, I'm just infatuated with where this team's going to go. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I, I let's jump into we we would do the Big Ten Blitz with football, ready? and I think we ought to do it with basketball. Just instead of recapping games, uh-huh. we, we got to talk about what's going on in the Big Ten right now. Well, we got to play the song. Oh, for yeah. the Big Ten Blitz. Buddy Lenny Holstein singing on a Big Ten Blitz. I had him recorded about ten years ago, and he did a fine job on the, the lead vocals. I think he really did. Um, Joe Lenardi is kind of the the guru with uh, bracketology, and he currently has nine, which is the most of any conference Big Ten teams in the tournament. However, that was prior to Wisconsin giving the game against Michigan away earlier today. If you did not hear or see um, the big man, Hunter Dickinson, the big seven-footer for Michigan. And you say you automatically foul. I say automatically foul. And and there's good reasoning for that. Uh, But there's 1.8 seconds left to go. They guard all the shooters, does Wisconsin. In fact, they double all the shooters. So the only one left to inbound it to is a seven-footer who never takes a three. But guess what? He can't take the three if you foul him as soon as the ball gets there. And he, it, like, As soon as the ball's coming to him, you see it, don't go for the steal. The Wisconsin yeah. guy goes for the steal. Grab his arm. Don't let him catch it. Foul, two shots. Right. There you go. What? You can't lose the game. I, unless he somehow gets the shot off and makes it, and then you foul that's, him as well. But that's my point, is you you do not let him get the shot off. You you I wholeheartedly disagree with anybody that says let him shoot the three for the chance to tie. Yeah, I know it was out in Nebraska's favor earlier this year, but Hunter Dickinson, you can see why he was one of the preseason favorites for player of the year. He's an absolute beast, and I he got a huge NIL deal to come back to Michigan because he could be playing in the NBA. But that's you got to have great players to pull that off, and they did. They have a great player, and who's to say? Even if you foul him, he makes uh, the first one, misses the second one, it bounces out, you get but the three. But there's 1.8 seconds left. And, yeah, and, and, that's probably true. So Wisconsin, though, with that loss, they fall to 8-10, and 16-12 overall. Joe Lenardi, prior to that game, had them as the second-to-last team in. They are one of the play-in games as an 11 seed, and Penn State is the first out. Hmm. But there are nine, if you count Penn State as the first out, let's say they got it. There's 10 teams right now that Joe Lenardi says are right there on the bubble to get in. How, how high could Nebraska go in the standings if they win their next two? I, and I've been trying to figure this out with tiebreakers and everything else. The best that I can come up with, without knowing 100% all the tiebreakers, I believe the best seed Nebraska can get is seventh if they were to win their last two. And I think one and one is the really something I'm hoping for. You win no sit Tuesday, uh, then you come back and just ruin Iowa's season. You already did it in football, ruin their season, then ruin their season in basketball. It wouldn't ruin their season, but they'd be really mad. They would. Now, here's the interesting thing. So Rutgers is playing at Penn State right now. Penn State is one of the teams that is right there in the mix with Nebraska. They are currently, Penn State is, in what would be the equivalent of ninth. In the Big Ten standings, or no, excuse me, 10th, um, with Wisconsin's loss. 
But Penn State right now is up 25 to 9 on Rutgers, 7:45 to play. That's impressive. In the first. Didn't see that one coming. So, Although it is in uh, Happy Valley. It, it is. They, they play much better, Penn State does, than they do uh, on the road. They're not they, a good road team. They're a very good home team. They do. But so Big Ten-wise, the way things sit, you got Purdue, Maryland, Northwestern, Indiana, Michigan, Iowa as your top six. But Iowa is 10-8. and eight, Illinois is 10-8. and eight, And both those two teams could lose their next two. Yep. You've got Michigan State at 9-8. and eight. They could lose their last three. They are, or no, well, this is interesting. That they, Michigan State is, must have a makeup game against Northwestern, is my guess. Oh, no, they've got, Michigan State does have one Hopefully other game. Hopefully they have game. to play it tomorrow night. Do yeah, they, they have to play it tomorrow night before Tuesday's game? I don't know. Make Michigan State play it uh, three games in a row. Yeah, but Michigan, Michigan State's got a game to make up. They've only played 17 games. The two left on the, the regular season schedule for them is this Tuesday against Nebraska, and then they play Saturday against Ohio State at home. Those two are almost must-wins for them. They're 9-8 and eight in the conference. So they could, I, I mean, let's face it, Nebraska at home, that's going to be a tough win for Michigan State. So if Nebraska keeps the momentum going and they keep on that roll, you're looking at a Michigan State team that's then nine and nine. Nebraska is going to be nine and ten. Right. Rutgers is nine and eight currently. Wisconsin is now eight and ten. Penn State is currently eight and nine. Could be nine and nine if they knock off Rutgers. Then you've got Nebraska sitting there at eight and ten. It is a logjam. And like I said, with the way things play out, Rutgers uh, and Penn State playing now, then Penn State is. At Northwestern on Wednesday, they host Maryland Sunday. Rutgers at Minnesota on Thursday, they host Northwestern on Sunday. Wisconsin hosts Purdue on Thursday, and then Sunday they're at Minnesota. And as I mentioned, Michigan State is at Nebraska. Then they play at home against Ohio State. There's a lot of crazy games coming up. If you're a college basketball yeah. fan, this these games that I just mentioned, you want to watch all of them. It feels like be we fantastic. could talk more about the Big Ten as a whole, and let's do. Yeah. Uh, let's On the other side, I want to hit Dylan Riola's visit and yep. how exciting that was and having Casey's parents here, uh, and we'll go more into uh, recruiting as well as uh, – as, uh, Brian Munson will be here a little bit later on, but I do want to talk about the, the Big Ten, the Big Ten standings, and where Nebraska could go. What I mean, it feels like is the is you saying there's a chance they could make the NCAA tournament, but what do they need to do? We'll talk about it coming up.